Hi, and welcome to Genesis Upper Room Church. We hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in with us. In John 13, 35, this is, this is Jesus' command to us. If, if we abide in him, we follow that command. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. As you abide in me, this is my commandment. And in John 15, 17, it says, these things I command you that you love one another. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to take your word that it would fill us, fill us to capacity, so much so that this concept of your love abiding you would overflow out of us, that it would be an extension of your heart towards others in Jesus' mighty name. All right. Hallelujah. That's right, Saya. Miracles will happen to those who believe. So, Saya, get ready for your miracle tonight. Hallelujah. We've got it in Espanol. Pastor Renato just released that. Hey, Gwen Anderson. Love you, sweetie. Can't wait. I hope to see you on Saturday. Come on down. Come on down. Diana Lee. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Pastor Randy, they're blessing you right now on this stream, on these comments. They love you, man. We love you. Hallelujah. All right. Juan, God bless you. Shall, uh, Juan, there's a word of the Lord for you tonight that God downloaded this afternoon. All right. Lots coming in. Lots coming in. We're building on this. All right. Let me go back to this word here. So, saints, listen to what the, the heart of the Father is speaking to us today. Yeah, it's here. The glory cloud is here. I see it above the, uh, the lens of the camera right now. Abiding in God's presence is an opportunity for every believer to experience the agape. Somebody say agape. agape. The agape, the love of God at unprecedented precedented, uh, levels of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the psalmist writes so prophetically. He is given the skills and the talents not only to write a song, to write, but also to produce a song, to make a sound in that song uh, through the writing of the word. He writes in Psalms 16:11, You will show me the path of my life. Here is the evidence of the Spirit of God speaking to the psalmist and giving him revelation as how God has ordered his steps. And then as he's ordered his steps, he will, reveal it, uh, he will reveal those steps to the life of the psalmist. He says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence, come on somebody, in your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Come on. In John 15, Jesus provides a believer knowledge as truth with necessity and importance to continually remain in his presence. Abide in him. In verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, and as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So let's break this down. 
Years ago, when uh, I was uh, working in Saratoga, I decided to take a class at West Valley, and it was uh, in the area of gardening and pruning, and so it was so significant, and I didn't, I didn't realize how it applied to the Word of God as it is today, but I learned how to go ahead and to look uh, on a branch or on a tree, on a bush, and begin to cut off the branches that were producing the fruit. I learned how to specifically cut in areas so it would not take the complete branch off, but it would eliminate a part of the branch so when it's cut, it would then allow new growth. Come on, new growth is somebody in the house. New growth to come out of the, the existing branch that was not producing any fruit of its kind. Amen? And so we understood too is that uh, we were given seeds, and they explained that in every seed, there's the characteristic, there's the nature of that seed the the dna in that seed that would identify when the seed was planted and as the seed was nurtured the seed would then begin to germinate or uh, grow a root once the root began the root would assist the seed in producing a branch the branch then itself would be the carrier of the fruit of the evidence that's inside that seed. Come on, are you with me here? You see where we're going? Oh, somebody, I'm getting happy already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints, the vine, somebody say the vine. All right. The vine assists. It helps the fruit to mature and come into its fullness and reveals its true identity. Again, the seed planted, nurtured, germinates the root. The root assists in the seed. The seed assists in producing the branch or the vine so that the vine can hold the fruit of the evidence of the DNA that is in that seed. Are you good? I'm very good. Hallelujah. Two actions takes place in the life of a believer as they abide in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in that scripture, God will give you your desires. He'll give you your heart's desires. Now, we can go into whole teaching on that. Way back, the Lord had given us a word. What is the desires of your heart? Is it going to benefit the kingdom of God or is it a selfish desire? Amen. When, it, when the when the desires of your heart are going to assist you in building the kingdom of God in the earth and building your life in, for, to build a new kingdom life, then you're going to see the evidence of those things that you desire for his kingdom and for your life. And yes, we desire the things of the world, the material things, and those will come. But the evidence here is what we desire from God should first and foremost be what's coming from his kingdom for our kingdom life in Jesus' mighty name. Number two, by this, my father, watch this. Oh, Oh, my God, by this, hallelujah, by this, my Father is glorified. When you allow the Spirit of God, when you abide in Christ and you allow the Spirit of God to produce in you and uh, mature and, and produce the fruit, you become a reflection of, of Christ. And in this, it says, there, as you bear much, by, by bearing much fruit, my Father is glorified. When you produce the fruit of Jesus, the Father of glory is glorified in that fruit. Come on, somebody. So what? That we might be his disciples. Oh, my God. Barabushika. Karabasi. See, saints, it's real simple. 
When you are abiding in the presence of God, you are offering the Holy Spirit himself the opportunity to produce in you kingdom character, kingdom attributes that are acknowledged and identified in the life of Jesus. Listen, your your born-again experience, your confession of asking Jesus to become Lord of your life, there's a, an infusion of Jesus' DNA. Consider it seed being put into your system. And in and from that DNA, life begins to produce. Life becomes, uh, uh, starts to, uh, to come out. And it, it, the evidences of, of the fruit that it bears. Hallelujah. Abiding in God's presence gives the believer to ask from God, seek him, and receive from him. From him. But see, it does not end there. It doesn't stop there. The word of God tells us that when we abide and we follow the patterns of abiding in Jesus, who is the vine, you as a branch producing fruit, by this the Father, the vine dresser, is glorified as you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. We see this throughout the entire Bible. We go from Old Testament and New Testament teachings. We see what happened in the early church as they abode in Christ when before the day of Pentecost when they sat with Jesus and they listened to the teachings and they they were explained uh, words in parables they were abiding in Christ at that minute they were listening they were conforming to what he was saying they were listening to what he had to say and the teaching became relative to their life they abided and as a result look what happened in the promises of Jesus, he told them to go and wait in Jerusalem. Not many days from that day. And that is they would go and they would, they would uh, abide in, in the, that upper room. They would have an experience. And the profound dispensation of glory from the throne room of God comes upon 120 disciples because they abode in Christ. They knew, they conformed, conformed to his word. They knew that something was going to happen. And on that day of Pentecost, come on, woo, glory fell. Glory fell from the throne room of God and came upon that 120 because they abode in Christ. Come on, Pentecost, significant. It was the beginning, the introduction for the building of the early church. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. To the life of the Apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus. Amen. He had his road to Damascus experience. He was persecuting Christians, even bringing them to their demise, their death. And the Lord said, fine, I've had enough. I'm going to talk to this Paul a little while. And so we read in the scriptures on his road to Damascus, all of a sudden, a bright light, the glory of God. Come on, somebody. The glory of God comes from, from the throne room of heaven and knocks Paul down. In that moment, Paul is blinded for three days and three nights. He is in complete darkness. No one really knows exactly what took place in those three days and three nights, except that when 
Ananias came to remove the scales from his eyes, from Paul's eyes. And his eyes were open. He saw the light. Come on. <laughs> he saw the physical light, but he also saw the light of Yeshua HaMashiach, the Christ. And from that moment on, Paul himself began to abide. He was connected uh, uh, to the vine. Hallelujah. He became a branch and began producing the fruit because he abode in Christ Jesus. Is somebody getting this message in your spirit tonight? Come on. Paul himself, after that road to Damascus experience, ends up writing almost two-thirds of the Old Test of the New Testament. Many don't believe in his writings, but the fact of the matter is they are writings inspired by the Holy Spirit given to Paul for, the, for, for this end-time generation, and they are significant in what they teach. Amen? All right. One amen. Three, four, come on. Can I get a thumbs up? Can I get an amen on those comments? Come on. All right. Ch check this out. Now, how many times have you read the book of Revelations? I, I, somebody could throw a comment once or twice. Or, anyway, how many times have you written the book, uh, written, written, read the book of Revelations? In here, we see what took, takes place with John the Apostle. He was on the scene when Jesus was teaching, preaching. He was part of the 12 that broke bread with them. He saw the, the, the results of, of Jesus being crucified, died, buried. He, he witnessed the, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. And because he abode in Christ, Jesus chose John for a specific purpose. And all that he proclaimed, all that he did, all that he taught, uh, caused him to be uh, end, ending up on the, line, um, line, on the island of Patmos. And there, read, read Revelation. Look what took place in the life of the apostle John. He's on the island. My God, somebody. He hears a voice that sounds like thunder, rushing water. He turns around and he sees that image of Christ. His eyes like flame, come on. His, his gown glowing, glowing, his gown uh, of white, come on. The glory of God. He had an experience. He had the experience at this moment because he took the time to abide in Christ. He conformed to the, the word of God and he did exactly what, what, what Jesus asked him to do. All a result of abiding in the presence of God. Take Take the concept or the story of Abraham and Isaac. Why was Abraham able to do what he was asked to do? To go to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Abraham had a relationship. He abode in Jehovah. He abode in, in, in Jehovah God. He knew him. He knew his voice. He knew his word. And as a result, when this request was made for Abraham to Cruci uh, to excuse me to sacrifice Isaac he knew that even if he put that that knife into his chest and Isaac would die in his sight he knew what God would raise him from the dead once again come on Moses in the burning bush how significant when when Moses sought out Jehovah he needed to hear he wanted a name 
of who this God was. And, and God speaks to him, gives him the I am that I am. Go tell my people I am who I am. His burning bush experience, he was able to have that experience because there was a relationship. He, he abode. He conformed to the word of the living God. He did exactly what God asked him to do. Come on, a few more here. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three children put in the fire furnace. I did a teaching on that, and I did some more homework on, on that. Hallelujah. But they were thrown in the, fire, in the fiery furnace because of the relationship. They, they're con conforming, conforming to the word of God. They were able to withstand the fiery furnace even when they were brought out. Those who looked upon them couldn't believe what they, they saw. Not one hair on their head was singed. Where was Daniel in that? It doesn't tell us. But in the midst of that, these four Hebrew children knew God. They had a relationship with God. They abode in his presence. They conformed to his word. They did exactly what God asked them to do. There's... There's a, a, a place of opportunity in each one of our lives, saints, that as we abide in Christ, the value, the, 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 the investments, the gifts that God gives us are all given to us and functional as we continue to abide in him. One more, Jonah in the belly of a whale, come on. In, even in a state of rebellion, God asked him to go to Nivea and, and preach to the people. And he, and he took off, man. He split. He went away. God says, you know what? You want to do it your way? That's okay, Jonah. But I've got a plan for you. And in the midst, you know the whole story. The, the whale come up, swallowed him up. Hallelujah. It's all prophetic uh, of that story. And when uh, he's in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, the 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 uh, whale spews him out of his mouth, and then Jonah goes back and begins to do what God asked him to do in the first place. There was an understanding there. There was a revelation, an abiding in God to where uh, Jonah had that experience. He was part, he was conforming to the word of the living God. Saints, we're moving on this. We're going to get a little less descriptive here. In, in the stories, but I'm asking you to listen to this because when God put this in my heart, he, and I don't have it all in the message because it's too much, but he put this in my heart to release this first and foremost to me, but then to release it into this live stream, into your lives for this significant time in this season of transition. And we're not going to go into all the details of what's coming up at the end of this year and what's going to proceed in the years after that. We don't have time for that. But please listen to the importance of what God is saying. We must abide in Christ. Amen. We must remain attached to the vine. We must be the branches of that vine and we must be able to allow the spirit of god to produce the fruit of its kind in us and through us for his kingdom purpose amen amen king david experienced the presence of god by abiding by obeying by observing by holding on to conforming to the directive of god to live as a king and as to rule as a nation in himself, David was not able to do that. But when we abide in Christ, he gives us to do the strengths that seem to be uh, uh, um, impossible. 
as a shepherd boy. David took down the lion and he took down the bear. He was not able to do that in his own strength, but because he abode, he had uh, uh, the observance. He was obeying the word of God. He held on to the promises of God. He conformed to the directive of, of the written word. God gave David supernatural strength as a shepherd boy. Along with that, after his experience there, he now comes face to face with, uh, with Goliath where this giant had brought such fear upon the children of the people of Israel that they were frozen, they were paralyzed. But in the midst of this opportunity, David knew God. He had a relationship. He, had, uh, he ab abode in the, in the presence of God. And as a result, he was able to take on that giant and bring that giant down. You all know the story. He knew what to do and when to do it. And in his writings, in Psalms 27 and 4, listen to what he says. One thing I have a desire to the Lord that I will seek. When we abide in Christ and we seek him out, come on, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold, come on, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David knew that no matter how grim or how persecuted he was, God was able to carry him through every situation. Even when Saul came after him, David had an opportunity where he could have slayed or put, put Paul to, uh, Saul to death. But in, in, instead, he showed the compassion to Saul by leaving the evidence of a sword, David's sword laying next to, to Saul as he slept. In one of his most difficult times as ruler of, of king over Israel, David had to make many choices. He had to think about the people, pray over the people. And in the midst of those difficult times, what does, Jesus, what does uh, David do? Even when he had to flee from his own son, Absalom, this is what David writes, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rose up against me. Many, many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, come on, O God, but you, O Lord, you alone are a shield for me. <laughs> you are the glory I'm the one who lifts up my head. In spite of his most difficult times. Because David abode in the Lord. He was able to move through and press through every circumstance and do every situation. Tonight we're going to be praying into this stream. I know that some of you right now are dealing with some Goliaths in you. Some of you are, are going to have to take down some lions and bears. Amen. Some of you are facing a wall of resistant power. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, we're going to pray into this live stream. And all those things that are holding back the promises of God in your life are going to come down. And you're going to see the evidence of the manifestation, a demonstration of the power of God where his promises will be put into your hands. I declare it. I prophesy it by the Spirit of the living God.
He says, I cried in the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy, holy hill. David knew the power of abiding in the presence of the Lord. There he found strength. Come on in this house. There he found strength and eliminated any fear that would come against his mind and that his enemies would stumble and fall. David was confident because he knew who he was in God. He had a relationship. Even look what, oh, let me hold that's, that's, that's on the, uh, down here in this message. In Psalms 27, the psalmist writes this. With such declaration, with, with what such confidence, he says he prophesies as to sing, and he prophesies as to write a song. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Right now in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray as to prophesy into your lives that the Lord is your light and your salvation. Therefore, fear will not dominate your mind. Fear will not dominate your life. Fear will not paralyze you from doing what God is asking you to do. He says, the Lord is the strength of my life. So who shall I be afraid of? Here's his declaration. This is his witness. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they, oh, they will stumble and they will fall. This is confidence. This is what happens when we abide in Christ. We abide in his word. We read his word. We study his word. That no matter what comes in at us, amen, those enemies, those spirits that are operating through flesh and blood, those spirits, they will stumble and they will fall in the name of Jesus. Come on. David knew how to experience the power of God's word by continually abiding in his presence. Abiding in God's presence gave David divine access to God's throne. I'm going to stop here in just a minute. This week, I had the pleasure and the, and the honor and opportunity to speak to a mighty woman of faith. And it was one of those things, um, it was a conversation that uh, we began uh, to, to, uh, to um, anyway, to make this uh, event take place. And it was a simple uh, exchange and conversation uh, to, to equip, to get the things that, that are needed for this event. In the midst of that conversation, the Holy Spirit shows up in my vehicle, in the presence of this individual, and we begin, oh God, somebody, and we begin to minister the word of God to one another. Her speaking a sure word of prophecy, her declaring what she was experiencing, me speaking a word into her life, confirming the things that she was experiencing. All this takes place in the life of a believer when we abide in Christ, when we conform to his word. There's a continual exchange going on, conversations going on within our spirit man that as we continue to abide in Christ, amen, those words, those those teachings, those understandings that are being exchanged, it will conform to what God's word 
instructs them to do and here is the evidence of that seed now as a result of us abiding we abide uh, in christ we become part of that vine we are the branch and the branch is now producing the fruit the words that are coming out of our mouth to bless one another to pray for one another to prophesy into one another to pray healings manifestations of god's glory into the lives of one another this is the true evidence of abiding in christ in the life of a believer David knew to experience the power of God's word by continually abiding in his presence. Abiding in, the, in God's presence gave David divine access to God's throne room. Come on, somebody. Don't look at me like that. Abiding in Christ gives us direct access to the throne room of God. Mashengo babo surya rabaka. And the Bible tells us that in his despair, his conflict, David knew and experienced, I, I need for somebody to let me know you're getting this, that in his despair, in his conflicts, David knew and experienced the relief, Whoa. the relief that came to him in every circumstance from abiding in God's presence. I want to take you back here. We want to revisit some of the things we've talked about. And when we were having our Friday night school of intercession, we would come over here. And I won't go into all the story. We would go, come over. We would gather over here. And we would prostrate ourselves before the Lord. Some would be reading the word of God. Some would be interceding. Some would be praying. Some would simply be meditating and receiving counsel of the Holy Spirit. As we were abiding in his presence, God began to give us download. Come on. Revelation, wisdom, knowledge, giving access to seeing to the spirit, how things are functioning and operating. He would download, give us uh, uh, visions of individuals and how to pray for them and what to pray for. In, in some of those moments, because we were abiding in his presence, we were supernaturally taking our spirit man, and we talked about this last week, and hover over nations to see the population of the people in those nations and how to pray, how to pray against the principalities and powers that were dominant over those nations. Abiding in the presence of God gives us divine access to God's throne room where he will reveal truth. He will reveal mysteries of his word. He will even reveal to you the ancients of age. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. David did it through prayer. He did it through, thoughts, through songs and worship. He did it even in the dance. And, and when he did, relief came to the heart and the mind of David. Some of you need to put on some Holy Ghost dancing shoes. Some of you need to drop what you do, even in the midst of the stuff that's coming and get you in. Just get out a flag or get, a, get, out, get out a bath towel and begin to wave it in the presence of the Lord, giving him praise, giving him glory. And when you do that, relief will come to your mind. Relief will come to your soul. Come on. Beloved, Jesus, Jesus knew the importance and necessity of abiding in the presence of, the, of his, his Father in glory. 
from that place of abiding I'm ready for some relief I'm ready to dance come on I'm ready to dance oh I give me a flag hallelujah give me a banner give me something I'm ready for relief in this house in Jesus mighty name hallelujah hallelujah Jesus himself knew the importance and necessity of abiding in the presence of his father. And from that place of abiding, Jesus observed what the father was going to do through him. We've been pressing this word. Come on, this example. To what's going to do through him and what the father was going to speak through him. Now, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into this concept of evangelism. But every one of you, born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-rebuking, child of the Son of the living God, God has called you to evangelize. He's called you a place to, to share what you know, what God has given you by the Holy Ghost in word and in action. That's for another, another time, another topic for another time. By abiding in the Father, Jesus knew exactly the steps that God ordered for him on a daily basis. Let's examine. From the wedding at Canaan, Jesus knew what to do to provide wine for that celebration because he abode in the Father. To the woman at the well, Jesus knew what to do. You know the story. He shows up. He's ready to get a, a drink of water because he's thirsty. This woman comes on the scene. And here's a perfect example of evangelism. He didn't preach to her. He, <laughs> he simply started a conversation with the woman. And as she began to converse with him, it gave him opportunity to reveal to her what he knew by the Father. He knew all about her life. She even runs back to the, the, the city and says, hey, come and see this man who told me everything about my life. Jesus, abiding in the Father, knew exactly where to be at the right time and knew exactly what to say at the right time. To the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda, come on, on the scene. The man been there for years. Jesus on the scene. In his time being alone with God, he knew where to be at the right time and what to say, uh, the, right thing, uh, the right thing to say to the, the paralytic. Come on, right, get up. Hey, don't stand there waiting for the, the waters to trouble, to be troubled. Just pick up, pick up your, your, uh, your pallet and begin to walk. To the story of blind Bartimaeus, Jesus again on the scene. The right place at the right time, walking by. Barnabas crying out, Son of David! Son of David! Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus doesn't silent the man. He doesn't silent Barnabas. He asks for Barnabas to come forward. Again, at the right place at the right time, abiding in the Father. Jesus knew what to do and what to say. Are we ministering to somebody here? To the raising here, here's, oh God, 
to the raising of Lazarus. Come on, we all know these stories. We've all, we all know the history behind these things. And these are realities. They're just not history and they're not just stories. These are the reality of the things that took place in the life of the master. Jesus knew. And at that moment, Marakosha, Haraka, Dabi, Maraka, at that tomb, he waited after Lazarus was dead for four days comes on the scene the right time now in the eyes the, the natural eyes of those who are around him to Mary and 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 help me out Mary and um, Martha excuse me hallelujah in the natural eye where were you Jesus he's dead what's gonna happen he's dead Jesus on the scene the right time speaking the right word at the right place come on and into in this is one of the most compelling and, and personal um, stories that, that that I read, and it just it, it, ah, ah, I'm not, not gonna, it ministers to my heart so deep. It was in the life of the Master, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Whew, come on, I'm gonna hold on to this here. Hallelujah. The right place. At the right time, the intimacy between Jesus and the Father because they abode, they were branched together. The vine dresser with the vine. Come on. And in that moment, that final, that 11th hour before his accusers come to take him, Jesus cries out, Father, let this cup pass me by. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to endure. But because he was the vine attached to the vine dresser, the one who took care of him, he knew that in, in spite of what he was going to endure, even death, that the father of glory would raise him again. Somebody in this house. Come on, somebody in this house. That, that story is so personal to Brother Michael. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just, just an off note real quick. No, no, I, I got to stay on this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus knew every direction and he knew every account he was to take as a result of abiding in God's presence. And I want to give you a list of things. You might want to get something to write down real quick. I want to give you a list of these things that the Spirit of God put in me today that results as, as we being the branch that abide to the vine that the vine is attached to the vine dresser. This is the evidence. This is the fruit that will be produced as we continue to abide in, in Jesus. Hallelujah. What happens as we abide in him? We develop intimacy <laughs> with the son of the living God. We come to know his heart. We come to understand his thoughts. We begin to understand his life on this earth. And how he ministered to love God of people. Abiding in God's presence, it reveals. Now we hold this. This reveals the issues of life from our past that needs to be dealt with by the Spirit of God. Many times we've been over here in prayer. The ministry team. We've been here uh, as an intercessory prayer team. We've been here as a ministry, the apostles, prophets, and ministers of this house. 
where we've come and we've been laid out by the Spirit of God. And in that moment, in the, we told you this, in the moment of being laid out, we begin to confess our faults to one another, begin to repent of the things of our past, and the Spirit of God, my God, Mara, sobbing and weeping and snotting and spurting and, and, and spitting up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God reveal, revealing those things because we abide in Christ. Abiding in the presence of God, we gain more knowledge, saints. We gain more understanding. We experience things that we've not experienced before. In the presence of God, greater fruit is produced in our lives. There's a place, too, where the inner man begins to mature in the things of God. We put away the things we used to do, and we start taking on the things that we, we've never done before. One of the pleasures that David was writing about by abiding in the presence of God, we begin to hear the sound of God's voice. We begin to hear the sounds resonating in the atmosphere. We begin to understand this simplicity, and it's not complex, the simplicity of hearing the voice of God and responding to his voice. Abiding in the presence of God gives us the ability to function and operate in the gifts that he's given us. To reveal the kingdom of heaven in the earth, operating through us as we begin to prophesy, as we begin to lay hands upon the sick so that they will recover. Abiding in the presence of God we gain, we gain a greater passion for intercession to praying the will of God in our lives. Abiding in his presence becomes so, so developing in every area of our lives. And we say this again, we, we pray as to prophesy that for every believer... Abiding in God's presence is important and it is necessary. It is a necessity in our lives to build in, in, in this kingdom what God is asking us to build. Without abiding in God's presence, listening to his voice, the believer will often miss the mark. Come on, can I get a witness? We'll miss the mark or we will yield to another voice. And even offer a compromise by choosing their own will instead of the will of God in doing what he's asking them to do. I learned this years ago at a uh, world conference meeting uh, where Brother Abernathy was speaking. And he said this, and when he said it, it just rang so deep in my spirit, and I use it as a tool. I use it as a weapon against the weapons, uh, against the, the uh, excuse me, against the strategies of the enemy. Not all the time. I don't always react. I'm being honest with you. I don't always react all the time. But I'm learning every day, better, better as I continue to abide in Christ, amen, I'm branched into that vine. I'm learning to respond better and better. And this is a key for you tonight. I want, I'm asking for everybody's undivided attention in this stream right now. We get this question, what voice do we listen to? It's always the first voice. 
Come on. The first voice that you hear is the voice of God. Right after that, other voices will come into your mind to try to be confusing. But when the first voice comes and you respond to that first voice, you're going to move forward in exactly what God is asking you to do, and you will not miss the mark. Can I get a thumbs up in this tonight? I want to respond here tonight to some of the emails that have been coming in and the prayer requests that you have been asking for. And this is not to discount anything that you're asking or doing. Please hear Brother Michaels from my heart to you today. The requests that are coming in, they're valid, they're, and I understand. And they're important to us because they're important to God. And because they're important to God, they're important to us. That's why we pray into your prayer requests. But there's something that happens is that as we spend time alone with God in his presence, abiding in him, oftentimes before we even send in a prayer request or a prayer request comes up in our spirit, God will already give us an answer to that request. He knows the things before you ask. Oftentimes I'll be in conversation with the Lord and I'll get halfway through a sentence in my mind. And before I complete the sentence, he's already given me the answer to that question. He's already revealing to me, he will provide me, provide for me what I'm asking him for. Come on. And so tonight, what we want to do, we want to pray into you. As this word of abiding came to me, the Holy Ghost began to, to reveal to me that Many of you have been wanting to abide in Christ. You wanted to be able to produce more fruit. Yes, you're attached. You're, you're attached to the vine. You're abiding in, in him. But you want to be able to produce more of the fruit, the things that, that come to us in abiding in him. But with the Lord reveal that the enemy has brought things to block them from manifesting. The enemy has come with hindrances. He's come with strategies. He's even put some up, some walls of resistance uh, between you and the promises of God. But tonight we're going to pray. I said tonight we're going to pray that in the name of Jesus, those blocking spirits, those hindering spirits, that resistance are going to come down. And you will experience a full demonstration of the power of God to every prophetic word that God has spoken into your life. And to things that you've been asking God that comes as a, that comes as a guarantee and a covenant that God has made with you as one of his sons and daughters. So, Father, right now, if this word, you believe this word is for you, if you're at home, I'm going to ask you to, to stand up and just lift your hands to heaven and begin to receive an impartation of an anointing that will bring a uh, uh, that will bring down those block, blocking spirits, the hindering spirits, and pull down any walls of resistance that have been set against you and receiving the things that God has for you in Jesus' mighty name. So, Father. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I pray as a prophesy, I decree from heaven, from heaven where I sit in Christ Jesus. My high above all principalities and powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual weaknesses in high places. High above them, high, high above them. I pray is to prophesy in the lives of your people right now that if there be any blocking spirit, if there be any hindrances, 
and any resistance, uh, walls of resistance set up against them by the kingdoms of darkness and their king. I pray to prophesy, Maraga, that the binding power of your word, the loosening of your word, will bring down every resistant power, every hindrance, and every blocking spirit that has prevented your word from manifesting in their lives tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray into your lives right now that as we continue in the stream, as the days progress, Maraka, as the months continue, Robasaka, and as the years proceed, Prayashaka, henceforth from this day forward, you will experience the value and the investment of what it means to abide in Christ, that in this abiding, you will be able to produce from the seed that was planted and the root that was germinated that produced the vine that you became the branch attached to, that you in your life will produce the fruit of the spirit of the living God by abiding in him in Jesus' mighty name and the people in this house say amen come on amen and amen hallelujah